your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 259 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off of your next order. And today's some unexpected news, though, at the same time, it's really not unexpected news. And that, of course, is that Ryan Callahan has called it a career after 13 seasons in the NHL, the first seven and a half of which came with the New York Rangers. So we're going to talk about Ryan Callahan and his career in just a second. We are also going to get into some more World Juniors action. The United States posting an impressive 7-0 win over the Czech Republic yesterday. And uh, Ranger prospect Brett Berard continuing to shine for Team USA with another strong performance in that game. So we'll talk about all that. And we'll also get into a brief discussion on Canada's 10-0 thrashing of Switzerland. Canada now 3-0 in the tournament. And both the United States and Canada will conclude the preliminaries on New Year's Eve. Canada plays Finland at 6 p.m. Eastern time. The United States plays Sweden at 9.30 Eastern time. But like I said, I think we got to start today with Ryan Callahan. He, again, retires at the age of 35 due to degenerative back disease. And as far as his career stats, 13 seasons in the NHL, 757 regular season games played, scored 186 goals, dished out exactly 200 assists for a total of 386 points in 757 games. He also played an additional 121 playoff games, 20 goals and 19 assists. And as far as the announcement, Ryan Callahan did it himself on Twitter. This is what he had to say in a, in a tweet. Let's make it official. I did not play last year due to a back injury, but I am officially announcing my retirement from the NHL. Reflecting on my career, it's hard to wrap my head around how lucky and grateful I am for being able to live out my childhood dream for 13 amazing years. First, I want to thank the New York Rangers organization for giving me a chance. Playing in front of the Blue Shirt Faithful at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, is something I will always remember and cherish. There is no feeling like hearing the Garden erupt from scoring a goal, blocking a shot, or making a big hit. My proudest moment in my career was being able to wear the C on a Rangers sweater. And yeah, for anybody who needs a refresher, Callahan actually missed all of last season. So I think, once again, you know, it, it's kind of unexpected when you log onto Twitter in the morning and you see that Ryan Callahan has retired because, you know, you just never know when the official announcement's going to come. But it's really not all that surprising. It didn't sound likely that he was ever going to be able to play again. Uh, maybe he was just holding out hope, and that's why he's waited for as long as he did to make this announcement. But whatever the case, uh, Callahan was actually traded by the Tampa Bay Lightning to the Ottawa Senators in 2019, never actually played for the Senators due to his back injury. Obviously, it's very unfortunate for him. He's only 35. You know, if, if it weren't for this back injury, I'm sure he could have at least played another couple of seasons in the NHL. Uh, but one of the biggest reasons why this is unfortunate is... He never got to win a Stanley Cup, and he got close a couple of times. Uh, he obviously, with the Rangers, uh, the deepest run that they had when Ryan Callahan was on the team came in 2011-2012. They were the top seed in the Eastern Conference. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they lost to the New Jersey Devils in six games, so Callahan got close there. He also made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014-2015 as a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks in six games in the finals. They actually beat the Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals in seven games that season. 
couple more trips to the Eastern Conference Finals for Callahan. He got there again in 2015-2016 with the Lightning. They lost in seven games to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he once again made it to Eastern Conference Finals with the Lightning in 2017-2018, but they once again lost in seven games, this time to the Washington Capitals. And saying all this, you know, it almost kind of makes you think of Henrik Lundqvist, because Henrik Lundqvist kind of a similar uh, track record in the playoffs. He's been part of a, a lot of deep runs. Obviously, with, with Lundqvist, it's a little bit different because it all came with the Rangers. With Callahan, some of them were with the Rangers, some of them were with the Lightning. But Lundqvist made it to the Stanley Cup Finals once. He made it to the Eastern Conference Finals an additional three times. Just never could quite win the big one, never won the Stanley Cup. And unfortunately, uh, Ryan Callahan calling it a career here without ever winning the Stanley Cup. And you know, you think of Ryan Callahan as a Ranger fan, and one of the things that kind of comes to your head, and it's kind of unfortunate that this is the case, but I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. You kind of hear the name and you remember how he left the Rangers because he definitely, it must be said, he definitely left the team on a sour note. He, in 2014, March of 2014, was traded from the Rangers to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was traded along with a first-round pick, a conditional second-round pick, which later became a first-round pick, and a seventh-round pick, in exchange for Murray St. Louis and a second round pick. Callahan was the Ranger captain at the time, and this trade was necessitated by the fact that the Rangers and Callahan simply could not come to an agreement on a new contract because Callahan was in the last year of his deal, and it's one of those situations where the trade deadline is approaching, and hey, you know, if we can't extend this guy, then we got to deal, deal him and get something for him while we can right now. And the Rangers were really in a unique situation there because they were going to be a team in the playoffs that was going to be a Stanley Cup contender. This is, in fact, the year that they made it to the Stanley Cup finals, and yet they're in a spot where they have to trade their captain, and that's exactly what they did. They bring in Marty St. Louis. But the craziest part about this to me is that Callahan wanted from the Rangers, a six-year, $39 million contract. The Rangers wanted to give him a six-year, $36 million contract. So that's a difference of only $500,000 per season. Look, I realize it's not chump change. It's a lot of money, but it's not really a ton of money when you're talking about a six-year contract worth $36 million or a six-year contract worth $39 million. So they neither side would budge. The Rangers had to do what they had to do. They made the trade. Callahan is shipped off to Tampa Bay, and so he missed out on the Rangers' trip to the Stanley Cup Finals that season. Marty St. Louis comes over to New York. It took St. Louis a little while to get going, but he eventually found his game in the postseason. The team really rallied behind him, and uh, St. Louis, he played a huge role in helping the Rangers get as far as they did. And the funny thing about this is the season ends, and Callahan ends up getting less money from the Tampa Bay Lightning to stay in Tampa than he would have if he would have just accepted the Rangers' offer because Callahan ended up signing a six-year contract worth an average annual value of $5.8 million. The Rangers were offering him a six-year deal worth an average annual value of $6 million. So it kind of came back to bite Ryan Callahan. Uh, it is what it is. And again, it's very easy to remember how he left this team and how it kind of ended on a very sour note. But Ryan Callahan was a big-time player for the New York Rangers when he was there. Uh, he wasn't always going to stuff the score sheet. He was capable of doing that. He could have a big offensive night on any given night. But his big thing was being a tone setter, just a hard-nosed, grinded-out type player, uh, a favorite of John Tortorella. You know he's going to want somebody who uh, you know plays just a strong overall game, a strong defensive game, does all the little things right, goes out there, plays with his heart on his sleeve, that kind of player. That's a John Tortorella type of player, and it's not too hard to figure out why he became the Ranger captain playing for Torts for a few years with the New York Rangers. But he's somebody who brought a lot to the table. He could do a lot of things to help you win. Every goal he scored, it seemed to be that dirty, blue-collar variety. Uh, he could play on the power play. He could kill penalties. 
He was someone you wanted on the ice in a big moment and somebody who was a leader. And win or lose, if you guys remember back to when Callahan was the captain, he always faced the music after the game. He always answered all the questions, seemed to take a lot of pride in being the New York Ranger captain. And that's what makes it so surprising when he ended up leaving the way that he did, when it came down to such a small amount of money, because it seemed like he just loved being the Ranger captain and that he was going to end up being a Ranger for life. And I don't say that lightly because there aren't too many players in the NHL who play their entire career with the same team. I thought Callahan was going to be one of those guys. I mean, really, in some alternate universe, Ryan Callahan is still playing hockey and he's still the captain of the New York Rangers even right now. Although maybe not because the way the Rangers rebuilt, they probably would have shipped him off uh, in exchange for you know young prospects or draft picks or whatever it might have been. Callahan, in his tenure with the Rangers, won the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award four times in 2009, 2010, 2012, and 2013. He also represented the United States twice in the Olympics in 2010 and 2014, got a silver medal in 2010. He's a career overachiever. You know, the Rangers, they took him in the fourth round of the 2004 NHL draft. He went number 127 overall. And just a fun fact to toss out for you guys, this pick originally belonged to the San Jose Sharks, but the Rangers acquired it as a result of a 2003 trade that sent Mark Messier to the Sharks in exchange for future considerations. Those future considerations later became this pick. So from one Ranger captain to another. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's plenty of fourth round picks who never even make it to the NHL, let alone stick in the NHL, let alone become captain of the New York Rangers, let alone be a very productive, very effective player for 13 seasons. So all the best to Ryan Callahan. I do want to just do one last thing here, share my favorite Ryan Callahan moment on the New York Rangers. Uh, he scored a goal against the Carolina Hurricanes in overtime to clinch a playoff spot for the Rangers. There was a great pass by Stepan to Callahan in the neutral zone. Callahan kind of tipped the puck ahead into the attacking zone. He dug it out from along the boards and went in toward the net, but was faced with a really tough angle shot. But he takes his shot puts it just inside the far post from, a, uh, again, a, just a really difficult angle. That was the second-to-last game of the regular season in 2012-2013. And as soon as that puck went into the net, the Rangers clinched a playoff spot. So that was awesome. Very cool to see there. Uh, Big-time celebration in Carolina there. Everybody just mobbed Callahan after he scored. So once again, all the best to Ryan Callahan. And going forward, I'm going to do my best not to think about how his tenure with the Rangers came to an end. Because, yes, sour note, tough way to go out. I'm just going to be thankful for the guy that wore the C on his sweater, was very proud to do so, played his heart out for the New York Rangers for seven and a half seasons, and again, all the very best to Ryan Callahan. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors. And unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. We're going to get into talking about the World Juniors in just a second here, but first, just wanted to tell you guys about Locked On Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game. 
if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. So diving into the World Juniors here, the United States came up with a very impressive showing yesterday. They take on the Czech Republic and they pick up a 7-0 victory. It's kind of ironic because just before this, the Czech Republic really did the United States a favor by picking up a tough 2 to nothing win against Russia. Russia had defeated the United States earlier in this tournament. And so now the United States basically control their own destiny as far as winning Pool B and getting a, a one seed going into the quarterfinals. But be that as it may, once again, just a very solid performance overall by the United States in this game. The first period, a little bit of a stalemate. It ends up being scoreless. It's interesting because some of the analysts, and, and I should preface all this by saying that I think the coverage of this tournament by the NHL Network and everybody who's doing the play-by-play action and doing the color analysis and guys in the studio. I think it's been fantastic. They really sell this tournament. They really make it feel like a a big deal, a very important tournament. Uh, There's a lot on the line, obviously national pride. There's a gold medal on the line. All these young players can improve their standing within their own organization and, and just kind of boost their own stock. So they've done a fantastic job. But one thing I had to disagree with was after the first intermission, they were talking about how it was, you know, really not a good period at all for the United States. I did not agree with that. Look, I realized going into this game, the United States is expected to beat the Czech Republic, but this is not going to be easy, you know, and Granted, the United States was coming off of a 11 to nothing victory against Austria, but that's the exception more than it's the rule. You know, you're not going to just cruise to wins in any form of hockey, really. There's very few blowout, completely one-sided, walk-in-the-park type victories. They got one against Austria, but this is, you know, Czech Republic's not a bad team, and, and this was a grinded-out first period. The United States kind of opened things up in the second period. And another storyline coming out of this game, Spencer Knight was back in net for the United States. Obviously, he played a heck of a lot better than he did against Russia. Really tough night against Russia. Gave up four goals, was pulled out of the game in the second period. But here against the Czech Republic, he pitches a 22-save shutout, so a very impressive bounce-back performance. I'm not going to say he was under fire or he made, like, you know, highlight reel save after highlight reel save, but he made some nice saves. Uh, Just looked very cool, calm, and collected in the net, and that's what you want to see going forward. We will see if he also gets the start. He probably will get the start. I mean, considering how well he just played, he will probably end up getting the start in the United States' final preliminary game against Sweden. We've also got to continue to talk about New York Ranger prospect Brett Berard. He had another very strong performance. He only had the one assist, uh, but his impact went far beyond the score sheet. First of all, let me just commend the entire line. Berard's playing out there with Bobby Brink and John Farinacci. That's the United States' third line as of right now, but those guys were really setting a tone, really playing physical, really getting after the puck. Uh, Just a really strong performance. You felt really good every time they were on the ice. And of course, Bobby Brink ends up with two goals, one of them assisted by Brett Berard, and Bobby Brink ends up being the player of the game. But Berard was great. You know, there was an instance in the first period. The United States is applying pressure. There was a flurry of shots on net that was created solely by Brett Berard. The Czechs are looking to skate out of the zone. Berard goes in, steals the puck, tries to go short side with his shot. The save is made. But Berard chases the puck behind the net, plays it back in front. There's another wild scramble in front of the net in the crease there. The puck eventually goes back to Cam York, the United States captain, and York rings his shot off the top of the crossbar and out of play. So the United States just missed taking a one nothing lead there, and the entire thing was set up by Brett Berard. And then later, I believe this was also in the first period, there's an instance where, you know, the shot is put on net and Brett Berard is crashing the net and the entire Czech Republic team just gravitates to him. Three guys basically jumped on Berard. So you can tell he was kind of getting under their skin, driving them a little crazy. I mean, part of it is they want to stand up to their goaltender. Not that Brett Berard was going to go in there and, and knock the goaltender down or anything like that, but he was getting a little too close for comfort, I suppose. Brett Berard 
just showing why the Rangers drafted him. He's that buzzsaw type player. You know, something that's really stood out for me about Brett Burrard in this tournament, every time he has the puck, it's like he knows exactly what he wants to do. He is so decisive, whether he ends up passing, whether he ends up, you know, skating the puck behind the net, whether he ends up taking a shot. It's like as soon as the puck is on the tape, he knows exactly what to do with it. And he's rarely wrong and just very smart player, seems to see the game very, very well. So it's been a lot of fun to watch him. Unfortunately, us Ranger fans have not yet get to see Hunter Skinner in action. He was inactive for the third consecutive game here. I don't know if that will change in the final preliminary game just because you know, there is a lot on the line. The, the United States, they want to be the top seed of Pool B, and I should probably explain uh, the way the quarterfinals work a little bit better. I might as well just do that right now. So the way it works is the team that comes in first place in Pool B plays the team that came in fourth place in Pool A in the quarterfinals. The team that comes in second place in Pool B plays the team that came in third place in Pool A. So on and so forth, you guys get the idea. But for Pool B, you really want to find your way into at least one of the top two spots, because if you do that, you will not in all likelihood end up playing Canada or Finland in the quarterfinals. And those seem to be far and away the two best teams in Pool A. So yeah, there's a lot on the line. I do realize the United States is going to be playing in the quarterfinals no matter what happens, but you do want to get as good of a draw as possible in the quarterfinals. And that's not to say it's going to be easy. All these teams have talent and you can't just count a win before you even take the ice. But I think if you're the United States, yeah, you definitely want to end up at least in first or second place in your pool there. Getting back to Brett Burrard, we got to talk about the play that he made here. He almost created the United States' first goal of the game. And then, in fact, later on in the second period, he indeed does just that. So Brett Burrard and that entire third line, they're out there on the ice. Burrard takes a shot from the blue line. He went up and got his own rebound. He put it on net again. It gets behind the goalie. It's right there in the crease, you know, just a couple inches from going in. The Czechs try to clear it away, but as they do, uh, Bobby Brink is there, and he stuffs the puck home before the Czechs can clear. Uh, Brink got absolutely walloped in the face just after he stuffed the puck home, so you love to see that somebody, you know, getting in there into the dirty parts and uh, doing what he has to do to put the puck home. But the whole thing was created by Brett Burrard. A pair of shots on net, just uh, kind of creating havoc, doing the kind of things that I think a lot of Ranger fans are going to like if and when he makes his debut with the Blue Shirts. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDON in all caps, and you will get your sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. 
We're going to continue to talk about the World Juniors as well as Canada's 10-0 win yesterday. But first, just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an idea what's coming up on Locked on New York Rangers. Uh, for starters, obviously, we're going to continue our coverage of the World Juniors here. It's getting really exciting. We're toward the end of preliminaries. We're going to be getting into the quarterfinals. It's going to be a ton of fun. We'll obviously keep our eyes on the Ranger prospects as well. And then we're eventually going to get back to best and worst case scenarios for every player on the New York Rangers. We've already started that with the six defensemen and the top two lines. We'll be moving on to the third line as soon as we can. We're going to continue to look to line up guests for you guys. Uh, Kevin LaBella is probably going to be back on the show within the next couple of episodes. Uh, Kev's been on here a couple of times before. He's a good friend of mine, works for Comcast and the NHL Network, and is very, very much involved with the World Junior. So he's going to be a great person to talk to uh, when he does join the show again. But as for you know the rest of the World Juniors and some other updates here, uh, for starters, let's just go through the schedule real quick. Today we've got on the docket, Finland at Slovakia at 2 p.m. Eastern time, then Switzerland at Germany at 6, Russia at Sweden at 9.30, and tomorrow, some big-time heavy-hitting matchups. I mean, the first one, maybe not so much, but you get the Czech Republic against Austria at 2, then you get Canada-Finland at 6, and then you've got Sweden at United States at 9.30, and the way things set up, those last two games may determine the one seed uh, for both Pool A and Pool B. So a lot on the line in tomorrow's matchups, and some good games today as well. But I definitely want to talk at least a little bit here about Canada's 10 to nothing victory against Switzerland. Canada got a little bit of a scare from Slovakia the game before. They only beat them 3-1. to one. It was a one-goal game for most of the contest. Uh, but they did grind out the win, so credit to them for, for you know getting the job done. But, man, they bounced back, and they look like Canada in this game. Again, a 10 to nothing victory. Quinton Byfield, the second overall pick this year by the Los Angeles Kings with a 6-point night, two goals and four assists. Uh, Jacob Pelletier had two goals and one assist, and seven players for Team Canada had two-point games. Connor McMichael, Dylan Cousins, Ryan Suzuki, Cole Perfetti, Alex Newhook, Peyton Krebs, and Jack Quinn. Ranger prospect Braden Schneider made his return to the lineup. He was a plus two for Team Canada. I mean, I suppose it'd be impossible to be a minus considering you won by a shutout. But, you know, Schneider, I didn't see a ton of this game, but it's good that he was back out there because... In Canada's first two games, he only played a handful of minutes because he was ejected from the first game for an illegal hit to a German player and uh, subsequently suspended for the following matchup. So it's good that he's back out there, and hopefully he can continue to contribute to whatever Canada is going to do in this tournament. Unfortunately, the other Ranger prospect for Team Canada, Dylan Garand, did not see any playing time. Instead, it was Devin Levi who notched a 15-save shutout. You know, I'm hopeful that we have not seen the last of Garand in this tournament, but it's possible that we have. Levi's playing well. I mean, you can't take anything away from him. Uh, this matchup between Canada and Finland tomorrow on New Year's Eve, as we just talked about, it's a big game. You know, it's going to determine, in all likelihood, who takes the top seed from Pool A. Now, if Finland loses today, then I think that would pretty much wrap things up for Canada. Uh, but I think Finland probably pretty likely to claim a victory today against Slovakia, but you never know. Slovakia has played well. They've kind of been uh, the underdog story of this tournament, if you will. So we'll see. Like I said, fingers crossed that we get to see Dylan Garand. He did play the one period against Germany when Canada defeated Germany 16-2. He got in for some mop-up duty in the third period, but I would love to see him at least start this last preliminary game for Team Canada, but we'll see if that's where they want to go. Uh, it might make sense at this point for them to keep their goalie sharp. I floated the idea in yesterday's episode, or Monday's episode rather, that maybe Garan gets one start of the two remaining preliminary games for Team Canada, and Devin Levi gets the other start, but I don't know if that's the way they're going to do it at this point, especially given how well Levi has played and the fact that now you're in the last preliminary game, so you might want to go with the goalie who you think you're going to go with uh, for the quarterfinals. But we'll see how they look to play it. I don't think any official announcement has been made as of yet. 
As for Pool B, it's still anybody's to win. You've got Sweden, Russia, and the United States that all have six points in the standings. Now, Sweden, it's a little bit different. They kind of, the ball is in their court. They've only played two games, and they've won both of them, and they have those six points. Uh, Russia has played three games. They've won two. They've lost one. The United States, same thing. They have won two games and lost one. But the United States technically control their own destiny because they obviously, even if Sweden wins, say, that moves them to 3-0, and but then the United States plays Sweden tomorrow, and they can make up those three standings points by beating Sweden, and in theory, there's no limit to how badly the United States can beat Sweden, and that goal differential tiebreaker could come into play. Now, Sweden, it must be said, they play Russia today, so that's a game that could definitely go either way, but even if Sweden wins, it's likely that the United States will enter its final game against Sweden with the goal differential in its favor, because the United States right now are plus 16 in goal differential. Sweden is plus 10, and Russia is plus 6. I don't think Sweden's going to blow out Russia and, and beat them by six or seven goals and make that up. So it really looks like it's a situation where, as long as I'm not missing anything here, and again, I'm not all that familiar with this uh, format, this kind of postseason format, but it looks like the United States basically, if they win their final game against Sweden, that's much easier said than done because Sweden's got a good team. But if they beat Sweden, it does look like they will be uh, the top seed from Pool B, and they will then play the bottom seed, the fourth seed from Pool A in the quarterfinals. But there's a lot that can still happen here. We can assume that one team is probably going to beat another team, but that's why they play the games. There have been a couple upsets already in this tournament. We'll see if that continues. But yes, it looks like the United States basically controls its own destiny as it pertains to winning Pool B. One other thing I want to talk about real quick before we call it a day here, the Florida Panthers have announced that they will have fans in their arena at a limited capacity. They said they will allow up to 25% capacity, which is about 5,000 people. Uh, there's a very obvious punchline there that has already been made by many, many people on Twitter. That, of course, being that 5,000 people is a typical Panther game anyway. But we will see going forward if other teams follow suit as far as letting fans into the arena. I do believe the Panthers were the first one to sort of make it official here. Uh, hopefully, you know, it, it's deemed that it's safe at a certain point this season and we can start getting fans back into arenas, even if it is at a limited capacity. Uh, fingers crossed, first and foremost, that COVID-19 is about to become a thing of the past. And secondly, that we can go back to living our lives the way we did before the pandemic. And of course, that includes going to live sporting events and for us specifically, going to Madison Square Garden and watching our New York Rangers. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you as always for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.